this amateur hour. Yeah, I ain't no Superman businessman like you. You know, I'm just an amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's AHPKC is brought to you by ArrowheadPride.com. This is a show about football and friendship and fun. We're truthful, but not always accurate. We're red and yellow and ridiculous. We're basically Andy Reid's wardrobe, but but a podcast. Enough of the formalities. Can we talk Chiefs now? Let's go. Hour, folks, you got Ryan Scott Hall and actually double D's tonight. It's we darkness. We got darkness and Dan Parkins. Wow, how's it going, guys? Going pretty good. Not bad. Dan, I, 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 I like the new open. You're still not included. I'm still not included, though. <laughs> you gotta work your way up. Which sucks. What, 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 I gotta, what do I gotta do? <laughs> we had to cut Nick off because he doesn't come on anymore. Oh, I'm well. We didn't really. It's tough. Tough to get Nick on the phone these days. I tried. <laughs> I tried to like make it about us, you know, because it is it is our show. I guess. Oh yeah, you should. You should. Yeah, you should. Dan, you're looking very dapper today. May I say, dapper Dan? I'm I'm overdressed for uh, for Ryan's for, living room. For an <laughs> yeah, yeah, for an amateur hour podcast or any place that Dirk has ever been. <laughs> Although he looked really good at my wedding, at our wedding. How well, good? How good did Dirk look? Steph's here. You can say we got thing. Steph off camera. Steph's off camera. How good did Dirk look in the bow tie and the fedora? Dirk looked great. Yeah, he's it's about as sharp as I've seen him. Dirk, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever looked better? No, probably not. <laughs> I don't even. Have you ever looked better? I like to go all out for like weddings and stuff. I like to get you looked really I like good. To get silly with it. You looked really good. Well, you were at the uh, Heisler's. Uh, Rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal dinner tonight. How the uh, you're not the best man, but you still had to give a speech. I didn't have to give a speech. In fact, uh, I found out I wasn't invited to give a speech. but, oh. but I gave one anyway. Oh, <laughs> it's a power move. Yeah, it is a power. It is <laughs> no, 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 I'm going on. It, I'm going on. It is a power move, Ryan. Um, it said on the invitation, roasts, toasts, and boasts, right. and it was. So for rehearsal dinners, which is the night before the wedding, some people just do the families, some people do the wedding party, some people do uh, big events, like anybody who travels in from out of town, plus the wedding party and the family. And this was that category. So there were a lot of people there. Okay. There were probably 100 people, probably about 100 people. And so I thought, like, oh, cool, like, they, it was catered by Jack Stack, it was great, and then it was going to be, like, open mics. And then his mom was getting up and was playing MC, and she just kept calling people up by name. Like, there was a predetermined order. And I was like, I didn't get my, like, time slot. Like when, <laughs> like, like, when am I going on? And she, like, was taking the seat of people who were speaking, right? So, like, sp- person speaks, goes mm-hmm. up. Like, she would sit down in their seat, whatever. And so she came and she sat in a spot close to mine, and I was like, Cheryl, like, 
I want to go up there. <laughs> and she looked at me and she's like, you do? I'm like, yeah, I got something to say. I'm like offended I wasn't asked at this point. And like, oh yeah, cousins and brothers and sisters and people are speaking. But whatever, like, it's my time to shine. And uh, the speeches, I'll be honest, Heisler can, will listen to this and he'll appreciate the honesty. The speeches were average at best. Um, there was microphone. There was microphone problems. There oh. were like old Jewish people. It, oh. it was it was average at best. And so I, I I had to save the day. Old Jewish. Oh yeah. Well, there was there was songs. It was lovely. It was a great evening. There was kosher barbecue. But uh, I'm here, and I want to be on Amateur Hour again. But yeah, I had to I had to give a speech. You saved the day. I mean, did you I feel like you I roasted them, didn't I, feel, you? I I roasted them. Okay. I, I roasted them. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's, right. Toast, roast, and boast. Were you alone in roasting them? No. Well. In some way, he had a, a, a Elena's cousin. Did was is a funny dude. He was very funny at the bachelor party, and uh, I knew he would give a pretty good toast. And he he was fine, but he's from Elena's side of the family, ah. so not a ton. And then Heisler's good friend was very nervous and very early on in the process, so he had some good material, but the delivery, the, the delivery suffered there. greatly. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I I had, I had to say it today. Yeah. Well, congrats to Heisler. So now I'll save this podcast. He better be listening to this uh, on his wedding day, I would assume. And li- listen on the way to Greece for the honeymoon. On the way, yeah, there you go. That, that could be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah he'll, he'll be listening. Cool. So you're now of Spiegel and Parkins on yeah. 670 The Score in your hometown of Chicago. How does that feel, being the second name in your own show? Uh, <laughs> Ryan, obviously you haven't listened very much. Because... <laughs> because Wait, wait, is Spiegel going to listen to this too? I mean, he can't. He can. Okay. Uh, he can. I'll tweet it out. Um, obviously, yeah, we'll see. No, I mean, I, Spiegel has been there longer. Spiegel, Spiegel is yeah. the elder statesman. I am happy for him to have the first name on the marquee. Mike and the Mad Dog. Mad Dog is every bit as famous as uh, Francesa, right? Now, maybe not presently because he went to Sirius, but mm-hmm. he got paid $15 million to go to Sirius. Like, I'll take it. He was second, second, <laughs> name, second name on the marquee. You just so, signed like, yourself up to that. No, no, no. I'm saying that in the history, you know what I mean, uh, plenty of great people have been partnerships. Someone's name has to be second. But I was, I was giving you a hard time. No, of course, I, of course. I do think, if if I remember correctly, you said that you were the first person that hadn't like previously worked at the station, like hired outside talent, quote unquote, in like twenty some odd years. It was a really long time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the hi- in the history of the station, um, Score just celebrated their twenty fifth anniversary. Uh, the fan, where friends uh, Mike and the Mad Dog were, were it just celebrated their thirtieth. Hmm. So, and that was the first ever. So, Sports Talk Radio has existed for thirty years. Score the station I work at right now has worked has existed for 25, so it's one of the oldest sports talk stations in the country. Um, and every hire that they've made for a hosting job between our, the morning show starts at 5 a.m. and the afternoon show ends at 6 p.m. So for a, one, one of the mornings, middays, afternoons, the three day parts. Parkins math. Yeah, I don't know how many. 13 there. hours. Yeah, 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 it's very impressive. Uh, hold on, let me check you. That's very impressive. Uh, Carry the one. Every, that's what I forget to do. Uh, every host has been either a guy who started there originally. Like, the reason I got the job is because Terry Bors, who was one of the original hosts 25 years ago, retired. Um, or a producer has been promoted 
or they've hired a newspaper reporter from inside the city. Mm-hmm. They've hired a television person from inside the city. They've hired athletes from inside the city. But never in the history of the station have they hired, albeit, yes, a guy from Chicago, but uh, a guy who's hosting in Milwaukee or Minneapolis or Cleveland or Detroit or Boston or anywhere. They've never hosted, in Kansas City in my case, obviously, they've never hosted a radio guy from outside of the market. So, so the, the, the audience had no idea who I was. So how have you been, how have you been perceived? Um, have you been welcomed with open arms? By who? By the By the audience. Crowd, yeah. By the crowd. audience. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's been an adjustment. That's weird because Steph said no. <laughs> Steph said no. She just shook her head no. Well, <laughs> well, thank you, babe. Uh, <laughs> See, so, you, know, you guys got the unfiltered. This is the real unfiltered stuff. <laughs> Steph, you should be a guest on this podcast. She's, she's, she's gonna fact check. Say hello. She's gonna fact check everything you're saying. No, you're not gonna say hello. She's being shy. That's right. Um, yeah. So, like, here's the thing. The I, as you guys know from listening to the show, like I like to, I enjoy like steering into the skid, right? Like I enjoy pointing out the awkwardness. I think I find there to be funniness in it, right? Like making fun of Carrington, like Heisler screws up an update, like bringing it back. Mm-hmm. I told it in my speech tonight, like P E N D A when he spelled panda wrong, like you know, you know what I mean? Like ma- making fun, <laughs> making fun of yourself, being like you know what I mean, self-deprecate. So I met my co-host Matt Spiegel, who is. 46 years old, divorced with a kid who'd been at the score hosting for eight years, hosting for Sporting News Radio before that, producing at the score before that. He's been doing radio since 1992. I was born in 1986. He has a band. I know nothing wow. I know nothing about music. He's founded a legitimately successful Is it like a death metal band? It is not. Oh. It is a tribute band. Why did you? What? Why did you pick death metal? Bands? I don't know. It just seems like some random people are just like, hey, he's in a death metal band. You never guess it, but he's just oh, okay. He gets mm-hmm. up on the stage. And... No, he rocks. Like he's a, he's the front man though. Like he's the singer. Does and he growl like that? He does not growl oh, like that. Okay. But right. but you guys know how little I know about music, right? Right. He has performed twenty five hundred songs live. He, he's a tribute band that they'll do instead of like just like greatest hits, they like become, you know, Bruce Springsteen, yeah. and they'll do two gigs a month, and then they spend the rest of the month learning an entire catalog of the Fugees or mm-hmm. whoever, and then the next month it's like their band's, band's called Tributosaurus, and they're playing at fill in the blank bar on a Wednesday and a Saturday night as whatever band and so he's legitimately successful and he's very talented and he's been doing it for a long time but so we met on Martin Luther King Day Monday at a bar had some scotch during the day and started our show on Tuesday Mm. so it was a total arranged marriage and if people remember Carrington and I early on we sounded like we didn't fucking know each other Mm. because we didn't fucking know each other you know what I mean and so what the audience was hearing was like a guy who they are very familiar with, right? Matt Spiegel. He's worked there for over a decade between his two stints at the station. Uh, he used to be the driver of the show, the main host. And now he's co-hosting the show. But he still hosts and drives topics or whatever. But like, I am the guy who is bringing us in and out of break. I am the new host. And they have no idea who I am. And we don't know anything about each other. So the reaction at the beginning was like basically what it should have been. 
who the fuck is this guy? What anybody would do, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. You know, who the fuck is this guy? Him and I are so different. Like, there is consistent awkwardness and tension. And so my style is not to just, like, pretend like that doesn't exist and just be like, so, uh, the Cubs, like, what are you going to do? Man? You, you know, and just, like, broadcast your way through it. It's to talk about it. Embrace and just, it. And embrace it. Laugh at it. Point it out. And so that's different than how they're used to it or whatever. And so, it, you know, that's why she says that. She's so like, there's a ton of harsh feedback for sure. But the audience is growing. We are getting infinitely more comfortable with each other. I mean, I feel like we get better probably every week and certainly every month. Um, so we're in a pretty good place. We're in a pre- but we are, our, our arrow is clearly trending upwards. So you're not on here to announce you're coming back to Kansas City. <laughs> no, I mean I don't. Maybe when they fire me, uh, I'll never. Well, I'll we, never I we can all hope. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, no, that that is not the plan. The plan is not to come back to Kansas City. But, ah. but I remember when Nick when Nick left, that he was like, well, they they said in the paper, you know, like, thank you for his time. Like, it, like if you leave on good terms, anything's possible. And he left in some rocky situation, but they still in the paper said like. <laughs> We wish Nick nothing but the best, and if you know we got a chance to work with him down the line, it'd be fine. So as long as you don't like completely napalm the bridge, you never, you know, who knows what the future holds. But I have no plans to come back to Kansas City right now. Fair enough. You know, Chicago. Yeah, go ahead. Transition to some Chiefs. Yeah, this is a Chiefs podcast, dude. I want to talk Chiefs with you guys. Well, I mean, that's that's certainly why you're here. I imagine that's why most of the listeners are here. I mean, talk talk with me about me all you want. I love me. But we're going to edit all that part out. We're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> breaking the ice. Buttering me up. Just yeah. breaking the ice. Yeah, let's talk some Chiefs. Um, they've had an eventful offseason. Has anything been what? newsworthy enough to make it onto your show? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've commented. So here's the thing. It's been pretty crazy with Chicago, too, around the time when the Chiefs have been a huge story. Right? So when the Chiefs traded up from Mahomes... The Bears traded up for Trubisky, yeah. right? Um, and then when Dorsey was unexpectedly fired, which I would also say is a big enough story. Like Chicago's a big enough place that you can do more yeah. national stuff, especially with football. And just like, like the national scope, every single writer from a national standpoint that talked about it was just like, I can't believe this. It's like there's, there was some like, this is the most guy. shocking move I've seen in 27 years of covering the NFL. The Dorsey like one, it was right. Just like, Nobody expected it whatsoever. So yeah, I could see how it would be national news. It was national news, and, and but but when that happened, um, the Bulls traded Jimmy like had, were trading Jimmy Butler. The draft was coming up. Like the Hawks made some trades. The Cubs sent down Kyle, Kyle Schwarber. So a lot of a lot, a lot of shit was going on. But both both were talked about on the show. Both made the show. Um, the I fall in line with the consensus on the Dorsey firing. I find it to be baffling. And um, I think that if you are saying that you're not surprised by it, and I've seen a few people on Twitter, like I still follow, and like um, people said they weren't surprised by it. I mean, Fesco said he wasn't surprised by it, and TJ Carpenter said he wasn't surprised by it. Now TJ's in Denver now, but um, I can't take either of those people seriously at all. I, it's, it's yeah. I mean, fair enough. Um, it's if they were upset with Dorsey, 
about like like if, if if the public stance was clearly was true, and this is like a little bit inside media, but when you read these stories, you can very clearly tell which side the sources are coming from because this isn't normal, right? There's no ambiguity here. If there is someone who is painting it as John Dorsey's management style was poor. Um, they were upset about the salary, right? That is coming from the team. That is coming from someone who's still yeah. employed. That is an Andy Reid source or a Clark Hunt source, right? Um, if it is, he was not appreciated, he was lied to, whatever the case may be, it is from John Dorsey's. This is an unbelievably respected person. He's one of the 10 best general managers. Like this, this stuff you've heard. That is coming from John Dorsey's side. So, it's so clear that, and I just can't even believe that this isn't 100% consensus, and I'm sure it's, it's 90% consensus. Something fucking went wrong. You know what I mean? Like, this was not planned. They let Chris Ballard go, and then after that fact, John Dorsey is gone. Well, yeah. Well, the, what we've been dealing with is a five-month timeline. I've kind of limited it down to that. It was yeah. the very end of January when Chris Ballard gets hired away. Yes. Yeah. If the Chiefs, unless they completely don't respect, you know... Chris Ballard, for some weird reason, that which is not the case. Something has majorly changed within the last five months. Yeah, and so listen, I, I don't, I haven't read every report. Yeah, you're and, not following and, this closely. And, and, and I'm not following it as closely, and I ha- I'm not sourced on this in in any way. But the idea that they were not high on Chris Ballard is preposterous. Like, I, that, I that is that is factually inaccurate. I agree. When they hired Dorsey, like they had Ballard, like you know what I mean? Like Ballard comes in, whatever. And it was like the worst kept secret in the, in at Arrowhead. Like, if Dorsey leaves for the Packers, Chris Ballard's the next guy, and that's about like the, the continuity of the organization. Like, he's a respected general manager. Yeah. Um, so it very clearly wasn't planned. And I have no like I am willing to accept any conspiracy theory on it. Like, I think that it is possible that. The Macklin thing infuriated Andy Reid, and Andy like was the straw that broke the camel's back. The reason I don't believe that it has to be a five month timeline is there were clearly strikes right that had led that were before that five months, but before something that. in the, something in that five months, yeah, something that went from we are keeping Dorsey to we are not keeping Dorsey. Absolutely, the straw that broke the camel's back. And bad back. enough that you're like we're going to let Ballard walk. Like even like we might, we might be considering this but maybe we should do it now so we can still keep Ballard. Absolutely. They weren't even going that far with it. Absolutely. And maybe that was a super tough decision at the time. Maybe. For Clark Hunt. Right. Never know probably. Right. Oh no, this is not the, like no. So Macklin obviously is the closest with the timeline. Yep. And a lot of people point to it. Uh, but I but, don't really know what comes of it. Like he doesn't tell people he's going to release Jeremy Macklin. Do they not like how it was done? So some of the reports right are that he's getting a little too unilateral, and obviously Reed had coach and player personnel control in Philly, and there's a huge deal made out of that he didn't want to do that anymore, and that's why he trusted Dorsey. Dorsey was his guy. But then these stories are saying that Dorsey was acting like too unilaterally, right, and people weren't consulted. Yeah, they said like he was making... Listen, making decisions like off the cuff or something, like just off his instinct, like kind of out of nowhere. Right, which is not... His reputation at all. So again, like you can say where that right that is coming from, Reed's side. Um, they went from, and this is the thing that's the most staggering to me about it. 
And there's a couple. There's a couple things we we got to talk about the Mahomes component of it. Yep. But um, behind, obviously the Patriots, obviously the Seahawks, and prob- and the Steelers, in terms of the organization, they were seen as like at the absolute top of the second tier. Oh, yeah. Of professional organizations. A plan, a path, harmony, talent. You know what I mean? At every level. Scouting. The whole, and, and Clark Hunt's one word that he that he repeats over and over. Stability. Yes. He wanted and to be the Steelers. he always talks about the Steelers. Yeah. Every time. And so for them to become this, if it was like a... If it was a currency, you know how they talk about like downgrading the dollar? Like... like if the Chiefs are a current, like they are a downgraded NFL franchise, and I still think they're talented, and I still think this year is going to be exciting, and I still think Mahomes, who knows, might be, maybe we. Oh yeah, Dorsey's, awesome. oh, Dorsey's firing. I've heard, I've heard people talk about this. It won't affect 2017 really at, at all. No, 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 no. I mean, no. The bottom of the roster is all <clears throat> is all he'd really affect at this point. Yeah, and the cap situation is what it is, and it's but not. Yeah, but the, it's but not the 2017 great. team is set. Yeah, I mean, no, no. The, 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 yes, unless absolutely. Unless release more players. Like, a, a, absolutely. The, this, this team is set. This team this year should be fine. I, I just am floored that, and you know, there's like in the, in the NBA, there's an argument that if you can win 50 games but can't win a title, you should just blow it up because you have enough assets to be good. For, you know what I mean? But there's I, been a lot of talk about that. But I, but, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think that was bad. Like, why? You, you got the quarterback to be the next thing. I mean, Tyreek Hill, young, ascending in his prime, under control. Travis Kelsey, young, ascending in his prime, under control. Oh, yeah, Tons of young talent. Marcus Peters, young. You know what I mean? So, like, the window is wide open for them. They're Mm -hmm. in one of the top, certainly, ten situations in the NFL, organizationally, in terms of health. And they went with total upheaval. So, to to, to, to pretend it's not stunning is ridiculous. Based on that, you think it's more likely that something drastic happened than what some people are pushing just Dorsey was... You know, kind of under the radar, not at that good at his job, and it was just like a performance-based. We've seen enough, and maybe the Macklin thing was was the straw that broke the camel's back, or whatever for the phrase you keep using. I I think that, like I said, there's it's it's so absurd and so surprising to me that I could see that John Dorsey wanted it contractually written into his extension that he could leave for one job and one job only, and it was the Green Bay job. I think that still plays a part. There was a report from yeah. Charles Robinson that said he's not in the running for the to take over for Ted Thompson for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but that's the only thing I've seen on it. Yeah. Because that could have just been, you know, wrong info pushed out there. It's possible. Time. Charles Robinson is a great reporter. Um, I will, Robinson? I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. Uh, Robinson? Did I, did I slow that? No, no, no. I was, I, I was being Jason Whitlock there. You, you know, your boy. Uh, <laughs> fuck Jason Whitlock. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, but, yeah, so, sorry. But anyway, uh, about... about uh, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. If... Let's start here. What's the ultimate function of an NFL general manager? I mean, constructing the roster. Right, yep. And I think... Think I mean I know I, I don't want to make the whole conversation everyone agrees that John Dorsey is good at everything, but like 
if that's the bottom line of what he's supposed to do, and really the only slander that people can talk about is, oh, well, maybe he didn't run this move by somebody, or they just didn't think that he was doing very good with the contracts or something. Or for that like, Monday morning quarterback piece to mention, drafting Kevin Hogan played a part in it. Fucking ridiculous. It was like... That I, that that would play like he has all the successful. That drafts. Albert that Albert Breer piece was very telling in a few ways. But go ahead. Well, so the the three points in that Albert Breer piece were yeah. drafting Kevin Hoven and then extending two guys that he drafted, both offensive linemen Eric Fisher and Tardif, um, and both of those came early. And I guess we were surprised about them at the time, but like that stuff is. That is minuscule. No reason to fire a general manager. No. I thought the thing that actually stood out most about that article was that he he made mention very subtly that Chris Ballard seems to be a very pragmatic, very organized guy, and that Dorsey Hyper organized. Yeah, yeah. And that seemed like maybe the only thing. But like, if if Clark is now trying to correct the fact that that Dorsey was playing it fast and loose in some way. Um, that only that just complicates matters even more that he let what seems like maybe the the perfect alternative candidate walk out of his organization a few months ago. I feel like it's absolutely in play that Andy Reid isn't not getting bored by it, but like wants more power and is pissed about this and is like making some sort of power play in terms of like that dynamic there. The Green Bay thing is in play. The organization part of it strikes me as ludicrous back to like the Pioli days of like hyper control. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine that that would be a thing that Clark would totally freak out about. The most interesting thing to me about the Albert Breer piece and maybe I'm a complete tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist on this, but we welcome those. Yeah. It is very 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 clear that Albert Breer is sourced by the Chiefs in that story. That is beyond question in my opinion. There is a line in there that is not quoted. Like, it's not like... It's just... Mm-hmm. But it's just... That is... And it was basically... I don't have it in front of me. But it was basically... That is not to say that there weren't some things that the organization was in complete lockstep agreement on. Mahomes. Like the drafting of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And to even feel like you need to say that if you're a source to Albert Breer, right? Like, Albert Breer doesn't just know that because of... You know, osmosis like it is. It's fed information. It is fed information. A hundred percent fact. The fact that that is even need to be, they would think to feed that to him suggests me that it might suggest to me that it might not be true, right? Like because who was it's doubting? Like, it's like the thing you push about yourself, like oh, I'm I'm super easygoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yes. push that over and over yes. on people. It's like well, maybe he's not actually that easygoing. It, exactly. Who was questioning that? Like, like, was was anybody asking the question of like, holy shit? There's like, they fired John Dorsey. Did they really maybe hate Mahomes or like disagree on Mahomes? The Chiefs traded up and drafted a quarterback, and they didn't take Deshaun Watson. This is a bold fucking move. They gave up a future first round draft pick. They moved up seventeen spots. This was a tremendously bold move. And he's very different than Alex Smith. And he's very... And he... And and then it's contract time for the coach and the GM. 
and the GM is gone and the coach is extended and they announce them within 90 minutes of each other. The fact that that line was like the seventh paragraph of that piece and it is a total conspiracy theory, but I would absolutely draw the conclusion, potentially, this makes sense to me, Reed and Dorsey disagreed on Mahomes. It came time to contracts and Reed said, I can't work with this man, pick. And he extends Andy Reed and not John Dorsey. Two things on that. One reason and again, why I'm not as sourced on this as Therese or anything like that. Or as us. Or as you. Um, but two things on that. One why I could believe it, and one why I probably couldn't believe it. One is is what you mentioned, very different than Alex Smith. Like, if you're thinking of the Andy Reid type of quarterback, that was a ton of the discussion leading up to the draft on what quarterback we would take, we kind of thought that Deshaun Watson was more his style than yes. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. But... If push comes to shove, then, and they square off, I mean, can you let Dorsey... I mean, I guess Dorsey already takes them, but then can you pick Andy over Dorsey after he does that? So he takes Mahomes, and it's and it's Dorsey's guy and not Reed's guy, and then you fire Dorsey, so now you got Reed with a quarterback that he didn't necessarily want? Like, um, I don't know the answer to that, but I also don't know... Totally fair... Firing Andy Reid would, would have been. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're suggesting, no, 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 firing, no. Andy, firing Andy Reid would have been fucking ridiculous. Like that would have, that would have been a huge story. No one knows who John Dorsey is. If you're not like a hardcore NFL fan, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. Like John Dorsey is absolutely not a household name in NFL. Like, I mean, he is in NFL circles, but like. My audience doesn't really in Chicago doesn't really know who John Dorsey. I mean, do, does most of your audience even know who the Bears GM is? Because I don't. Well, I they mean, they do. Not, I'm sure. I mean, but, Bears fans know Ryan Pace, and but but I mean, I see what you're saying. Like he's right. Most GMs are anonymous like unless they just, unless yeah, they how want. How many NFL GMs could you name? Like, right, right, right. Of course. Six or uh, right, but absolutely. But firing Andy Reid would have been insane. And I'm not suggesting that. Maybe I'm just I'd be baffled by the incompetence. If that's how it goes down, and I mean, how does how does that go down? What, why, why is are that? they having a power play that day, and they're just kind of butting heads all day, like who are we going to take? And then Dorsey ultimately is just like, well, Dorsey has final say. Like I don't care, I don't care what. I mean, that was. You think? I I mean, or do you know? I'm pretty fucking sure that he has final say. Okay, that was always. Always their. I mean, how how far that was always could their, this go? That was always their be... public and private stance. That was always bo- both stances. Was that's, that, true. that's true. That's w- true. W- was that was that John Dorsey had final say over personnel, and Reed was brought in at the end. Reed is not scouting. He's not going to all the the you know he goes to the combine, but he's not going to all the pro days and the the workouts and all that. He comes in and he fucking weighs in, but it's John Dorsey's call. They, they got rid of the guy that, in terms of roster construction, they always said publicly and privately was the dude. I'm, now, you could say that Andy Reid makes his roster better, and he does, and you can argue probably that Andy Reid's better at his job than John Dorsey is at his, but I would say it's fucking close. I think they're pretty equal, but the head coach is more important. So, therefore, Andy yeah. takes precedence. Yeah, fine. But, if, like they, a, but if they disagree on a quarterback, here's my question. Why is that article? Why is that line in the Albert Breer article? If 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 it has nothing to do with it, why is it in there? No one was doubting it at this point. You maybe were doubting there's, it at the draft. There's been a little bit. I mean, but 
By who? You asked, like, who? There's only one person, and it was your competitor while you were on the air. Keatsman. Keatsman is the only person I've heard bring up Mahomes in this scenario as far as, like, that he thinks that that might be the central issue. Do you know what he said? Because I've heard that he was talking about Mahomes, but I I don't know what he said. I listened to him a little bit, but it was was basically like... Well, that makes me hate my opinion. (laughs) You're fine. Oh, no, 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 I'm pretty confident. Well, throw it back. If 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 (laughs) Keatsman thinks that it's probably wrong. But it just... That line, and I'm talking journalistically, and I know Carrington had Albert Breer on. I haven't heard it. Um, I heard it was very good. But I would have asked him about that line, and I just don't understand why why, why it would be in there. I don't understand. All right, so let, let me ask you this. Um, on Andy Reid, being a player's coach is kind of considered like a consensus positive. Yeah, like, sure. Nobody looks at that as a bad thing. Yeah. Um, now... I know that it's different with a quarterback. Always different. But supposing that this this Macklin thing is in some way central to what may have been the rift between the two of them or the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Why is that like, a thing, by the way? Why did a straw? The phrase? I don't know. Because they, they carry they straw. I've heard the final yeah. straw. I've heard the straw that broke the camel's back. There's been yeah. way too much straw talk. Sorry. My Although bad. I do like straws. Does it concern you that Twisties. <laughs> Does it concern you that releasing Jeremy Macklin may have, at least the way that some people are framing the conversation, cracked the foundation of such a moderately successful franchise right now in like what seems like an irreparable way? Like if that was the thing that really broke it apart, is that that suddenly concerns me that like even if it is like this is Andy Reid's favorite player, like it's a fucking player, man. It's one guy. I don't care. Well, and it's one. And it's, and it's not a quarterback. Right, right, right. It's one, like, what, 29 year old receiver. Who's most likely going to get cut after this year, anyways. Yeah, who had exactly. a bad year. But we just yeah. did it a year early. Uh, well, which, 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 which is why it. Right. If you have any faith in the competency of the organization, it can't be. Right. And right? Like, how many receivers are better than Jeremy Macklin? A lot. How many receivers are. I mean, 20? Yeah, I'd say 20 or 25 is what I was thinking. 20 or 25? And then, yeah, like, factor, factoring... Low-end receiver one in the NFL. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think that there, there's probably not 20 or 25 guys that were being paid more than him. No. You know, no, no. Well, but, and, 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 right, exactly. And factoring contracts, right? Like, who's more valuable next year, Tyree Kill or Jeremy Macklin? Tyree Kill, right? Tyree Kill as a commodity is more valuable. Oh, yeah, yeah, as an asset. Yeah, yeah as, as, as an asset. So, I mean, he, in terms of an asset at wide receiver... Oh, yeah, three more years on a rookie deal. So, yeah, yeah, right, well, right, of course. Oh, so, my, my point is, is like, Jeremy Macklin is fine. Like, yeah. he's fine. Well, what I've so, always, so, to break it up over that, strikes me that that's can't be that. Well, what or, I've or if it is, Andy Reid's insane. Ryan's been on that. My, my comeback to it, I guess, is it's not the move itself. It's the fallout from the move. It's right, like, respect my it's guy. It's like he Call does that him. to Macklin, and Andy's like, what the fuck? And then they start butting heads after and that. And that hurts like, Andy Reid's reputation as a player coach if he was done wrong and he was let, let go over I mean, voicemail. Was, it was like two weeks after his wedding. Yeah. He's, he's, he's voluntarily here in Kansas City living with all the Chiefs receivers at his house. Right, he always did that. He always would put the guys on. And it's just like, he's such a leader, and it's like, man, he looks like he's poised for this huge bounce back season, and then it was just like, boom, you're done. It's cutthroat, and then if you, like I said, I think that there's a ton of different theories that you could sell. One of them is the truth. I don't think that the tr- the whole truth has been reported, and I know Therese has done good stuff on it. Well, you know more about this. Will the truth ever come out? 
ever, I'd be surprised on something like this. Because the truth came out on Pioli, but it was beforehand, right? Like Arrowhead Anxiety was like leading up to the Kent Babs piece. This, the, the Chiefs have... The Chiefs have every incentive to crush John Dorsey. John Dorsey doesn't have much incentive to crush crush the Chiefs because he wants to get another job. So I'd be I'd be surprised if we knew like if there was like a definitive piece written on it. I, I'm sure Albert Breer thinks he's written the definitive piece on it. Um, I'm, yeah, and I'm sure and Perez I'm sure, thinks he's done all he can do. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they, but nothing huge has come out. I mean, we're bet, all sitting here debating yeah, what it could be. I nothing not, that big has come out. It's just been like, well, look at his what he's done the last three years. He's had this bad move and this bad move, and he's got some communication problems. It, but Dorsey has hits. Oh, he's like, had way like, more hits. Like, he's he, had the best roster in the NFL, 2 through 53. Like, <laughs> it's not just Chiefs fans saying this. National media says this all the time. Two through fifty-three, one of the best rosters in the NFL. Yeah, and, and maybe you can criticize him on one and a handful of these other moves, but his overall job—you you can't say he's done a bad job. It's impossible to say. I agree. That's why I asked, like, what is the ultimate function of a general manager? Compiling talent on a roster, and there is absolutely no question that he has done that consistently since he walked in the door. No, it absolutely. I completely agree. I think the whole thing is, frankly, ludicrous. Um, it absolutely floored me. And who do you guys think is going to be the next general manager? Is there is there any talk that it's going to be Reed before? No, no. no. Before none, none, really none at all. None okay. at all. Okay, he, I'll be interested. Are, I'll be interested to see who the next guy is. Well, I mean, there's talk that it's, it's Brett Veach, yeah, who was Andy Reed's assistant, you know, right. when he first started in the NFL. Then it could just be you know Andy Reed's mouthpiece, and he really is in control, but it's not. Well, he's, yeah, not he's not GM by name, and. That uh, that will give if it if it is him and he's that I, and again I haven't followed this that closely so the whole tie in there I think it's going to be Veach I think it's I mean, think it's already done I mean if if that's the case and so he was what he was his assistant in Philly yeah so, so well then well then that will give way more credence to that this was like an Andy Reid power play Andy and not and not a Clark Hunt power play like that, that Andy Reid whether it was because of Macklin or overpaying. Fisher and Tardif or whatever pissed off Andy Reid. I can see that. So you're saying if they hire in-house, one more likely that it was Andy. Much more likely. Hire out-of-house, it's more likely that it was Clark. Yes. So, if they hire out-of-house, Clark will say, we need to find the best and the brightest, this wasn't it, and he'll hire somebody. If it's in-house, I would think that it's Re- And that guy came there from Reid, which you're saying he did, then that will tell me that this was Andy Reid's doing. So let me ask you this. Since you said, I know that you probably aren't um, like super well read on on the whole situation. Mellinger, in his most recent article, basically said the Chiefs need to hire Brett Beach. He's the best candidate for this job. Mm-hmm. What do you make of his stance that he basically said the Chiefs' job is not especially attractive to outside candidates because in the NFL, that's a cutthroat business and a I did this, trying to take as much credit as possible, that if the Chiefs, as the roster is currently constructed for the most part, if they go out and win a Super Bowl with some GM that wasn't part of that scouting of Patrick Mahomes and the other young talent on the roster, that they're not going to get credit for the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl. Um, that sucks. It's like winning a Super Bowl with with Dorsey's guys. So that he's, he's basically saying, like, 
Why would I want to come into a roster that you you already even have your quarterback of the future? What am I doing? I'm just a fucking caretaker. Uh, it's a it's a great point, and it's I mean it's undeniably true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just a ton of precedent in all sports for things like this. Um, Jerry Jones hated that Jimmy Johnson got credit for the early Super Bowls. So fired him, brought in his own guy, won one with Barry Switzer. Barry Switzer gets very little credit for being a Super Bowl champion coach because they're perceived as Jimmy Johnson's guys. And then since then, they've won exactly nothing. And a lot of the talk has been, right, he hires Jason Garrett, understated guy, because if the Cowboys win now with Jerry as being a high-profile GM... The credit would go to, and the, the people who know Jerry Jones, I mean, I think Wright Thompson profiled him that, like, he wants to win a Super Bowl without Jimmy Johnson so he can say that he won it without Jimmy. Like, ego is. Yeah, we're basically evaluating ego. Yeah, ego is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that makes some sense. It's also really weird, though, that, like, would, you think about the timing of it, and almost every time that you get a new coach or a new GM, it's around that time that you have an early draft pick, and what do you got to do? You got to go find your quarterback. Well, yeah, so it's like Mahomes it's is like a prerequisite for any GM that comes in. Yeah, he has ab- to like Mahomes. Absolutely, absolutely has to like Mahomes. And I feel like that's a negative. I feel like a bigger negative would be like, fuck, they just fired John Dorsey, and look at the job he's done for the last four years. Like, right? How do I do better? Place? So yeah, yeah. I want to go there and improve on it. Yeah. Although, I would also say you're coming to a fantastic spot because of all the young talent. Like, the, the roster is just set up to succeed for the next three to four years yeah. because of the draft classes under Dorsey. Right, not the greatest cap like, situation. You don't have to do much, and you can, I mean... You can win a lot of games. Yeah. I I, I agree. It's... Would it, is the Chiefs general manager job a good job? Before this, I would have said absolutely. After this, it complicates it because of the the roster that's intact in some ways like you said Ryan you won't get a ton of credit for it but also you might have a coach that is and he's so good at his job which is great but not only that he gets credit for it but that he has power over you like you might not only be answering to the owner like they say you have some accountability to Andy Reid as a coach and Andy Reid's a really good coach but if you're the GM in the NFL and your quarterback is already picked for you and your coach is already picked for you you know, it, it, it limits the attractiveness of the job. I would 100% agree with that. Do you, do you have a good sense of Andy Reid? Like, I've, I haven't even really considered that this is a huge power move by him. I've considered that him and Dorsey got into it, and they chose Andy. But I feel like he just, I guess just the way he talked after leaving Philly, like, he just learned his lesson so much. And maybe that's, I mean, maybe I shouldn't believe what he's saying to the media and whatnot. But after leaving Philly, it was just like, that was too much. Being coach and GM was too much. And I was good for, you know, 12 years. And then the two years where I took on GM responsibilities, the team kind of fell apart. And all the things he said after that was just like, I'm, I just want to get back to coaching and I just want to do coaching. Just coaching. Well, I believe. And maybe stuff's changed in four years. Well, right. Maybe stuff, I mean, and remember, in Philly, his kid just died killed himself, right? Yeah. yeah. So, there was personal tragedy um, at that time, too. And so, I mean, the people that we talked to at the time, 
were convinced that he was going to take a year off. Like, that was kind of the consensus, yeah. Because you need to take a year off when you are coach and GM and there's personal tragedy and public personal tragedy. You know what I mean? Like, and then to Andy Reid, who sleeps at Arrowhead, like, you know what I mean? He is absolutely one of those old school coaches that pulls out the cot in his office and is 20 hours. I mean, he's an insane person okay. on that level. Um, like, scaling back was just coaching and not doing the GM stuff again. So, it's, to me, this is a this is a competition-aholic, right? This is a guy who loves, like, a few things in life. And not that he doesn't love his kids. Obviously, he loves his kids. But, like, his kid had this personal tragedy and he kept working. Like, there was no time off because he loves coaching. Yeah. And he loves his religion. He's like, you know, he's big into that. But um, it's to me, it's totally plausible that he still was having a lot of say and power and influence on that side. And Dorsey was having too much uh, for his liking, even though he knew cognitively, because he's a smart guy, I can't do both jobs. But I want a guy who there is there to maybe be a little bit of a puppet, listen to me puppet master. Mm-hmm. Listen to me more. I'm Andy Reid. That is absolutely possible. Do I know that to be the case? No. Like I said, I haven't been around it recently, and it's not like I'm. It's tough to be very well sourced in this. Like they, the NFL, you have the sources that they want you to have. Like the NFL yeah. controls the message. Not to mention, I mean, this didn't get out at all. It right. Was just like, right. There was no leak whatsoever. It was just like. It's a John Dorsey is not with the Chiefs anymore. It is a shocking, shocking story. Uh, The Chiefs released the news themselves. They did. They did. They 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 did it within minutes of obviously nobody is too well sourced in the within the organization. Yeah. So, all right, we can we can spend days on trying to figure out. We we've already spent weeks on it trying to figure out like what actually happened. Yeah, we haven't um, even talked about the pick of Mahomes. Like, I haven't been on with you guys in a long time. But go so, ahead. Sorry. I'm, I guess my biggest question as far as trying to move forward, like, Dorsey is, he's in the rearview mirror at this point. Like, he's yeah. Yep. So, if, if you are bringing in somebody and they want them to do better at something, I think that we can agree that the contracts and the salary yeah, cap, the cap may have been, like, his Achilles heel. Yeah. Um... Do you think that it's maybe fair to assume that Clark or maybe the organization as a whole, they look at some of the things that we talked about for a while, the way that like Seattle was able to capitalize on all of the young talent that they have, it is an opportunity and it is a small window of especially having a quarterback that is good on a rookie contract. And so does Clark maybe look at it because he listens to Amateur Hour, and say, these next few years are so vitally important financially to get it right that I do have to make a move here. Sure, I mean, I, I, I guess, but like... One of the theories... But, but, but why give up Dorsey's talent eye and evaluation... Because right, Trip McCracken, the cap guy, leaves. Like, why not just he fired him? Yeah, right, right. Dorsey right. got rid of him on his own. So that almost feels like he's admitting a mistake. Right, but so like, if you're Clark and it's just the cap, like, why not hire? 
you know, there are CEOs, there are COOs, there are, there are CFOs, right? Like, why not? You already have changed from when Pioli was there, the dynamic of coach to GM to owner, right? Where now both the coach and the GM report to the owner very famously. Why not just keep delegating? And why not just have the CFO, whoever, like, why not, why not handpick a salary cap guy and Dorsey has final say on the roster, and this old guy over here has final say on what the contract can be, and Andy right. Reid has final say on the coaching. Like maybe they tried to do that, and Dorsey wouldn't have it. Possibly. But and, doesn't and, that and, seem stupid for someone that they've called Dorsey like a dyed in the wool scout? All he loves to do is scout football players. So who like for him? If I'm putting myself in that that proposed version of John Dorsey, like. Who gives a shit who signs the contracts? Like, well, I don't know anything maybe, about the money. Maybe, maybe ego. Maybe he, maybe he yeah. disagrees that Fisher and Tardif are bad contracts. And mm-hmm. e- dude, ego is a powerful thing. Yeah, I think we're all discussing egos here, and we're all. And, I mean, seven ten million dollar salaries, by the way. Somebody did something stupid. Somebody did something stupid along the way. I think some ones did some things. Yeah. Stupid along the way, but their conclusion. Was drastic, and I will also say this though: like the expression is "fortune favors the bold," right? Everybody loses if you don't win the Super Bowl. They took a huge fucking gamble on Mahomes, and what they've done the last few years, like we all agree, I think that if the Chiefs would have stood pat at twenty-seven and just drafted a fucking player and added him to this team, they were not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right, like oh, yeah. they were on a path of very good but not great. There is an argument to be made that Andy Reid is the closest thing you have to being great. Like, right, if if Dorsey is the seventh best general manager and Reid is the fourth best coach, hmm. there's an argument that four is closer to one. Right, and hmm. that's not an that's argument. That's a good argument. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Danny. Right. Math, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to just fucking empower the best asset in your organization as much as he wants to be empowered. There's an argument for it. Mm. I disagree. I think Dorsey's very good. I wouldn't have broke a path. I think that the NFL is too random that if you are consistently one of the top two or three teams in your conference, you've, you know, play that out as long as you can and hopefully the deck gets shuffled in your favor one year and you win the whole thing. Um, But it's a bold fucking move to trade for Mahomes and fire John Dorsey. Yeah, well, like, the you know ball's I mean? on Clark Hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's like, preached nothing but stability and has nothing but stability. I mean, he built the stability. Like, he built what he wanted. Yes. He had it. Yes. All so, he had to do was not make a move. And maybe you don't win a Super Bowl, but no one's no one's getting mad at Clark Hunt for going 11-5 and, and winning one playoff game and then and then going out. Not no at one's all. getting mad at Clark, Clark Hunt. Not not at all. He So, in that in that sense... And it's, the, it's that same logic that I defended the Bears trading up for Trubisky even when they... 80-20 could have gotten him at three. I was like, you know what? He loved his guy and he bought insurance on it. Mm-hmm. He was bold at quarterback. If you're bold at quarterback and you're right, you win championships. So if the Chiefs were bold at quarterback and are right, they'll win a championship. Well, let's get to let's get to Mahomes. Um, what did you think when you when you were watching? You thought it was going to be Deshaun Watson, didn't you? Fuck yeah, of course I did. I'm standing up in this living room, this very living room, just screaming to Sean Watson. Dude, I was gonna, cons- I was gonna consider moving you, back. You want to, you want to? Oh, it, get the fuck out dude, of here! If they would, if the Chiefs would have drafted Mahomes, I would have called my because Entercom, who six ten owns, and CBS, who the score owns, Entercom bought CBS's radio division. So like, I'm an Entercom employee again. 
I was absolutely willing to make the offer that I would have hosted nine to one in Chicago, and then hosted for at least at least an hour a day during football season uh, simulcast. I live in Chicago, but just like I will also watch every Chiefs game, and I will do. I I love Deshaun Watson, and if he was going to come play for Andy Reid and this Chiefs team that I knew, like. I would have bought you guys' podcast, and I would have been on every week. Like I would have, I would have bought need, our podcast. I would have, you, can't, you can't afford this. I, I would have, I would have needed a. You can't chief, afford this. I would have needed a Chiefs outlet. Like if the Chiefs had Deshaun Watson, I would have needed to be involved daily, if not weekly. Well, shit. In, in talking about that, we really blew it, well, didn't we? I mean, I guess we maybe did. maybe Dorsey did. Dorsey That's why they fired him. Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want me to be right. Um, All right. No, of course. Thought, around on it. Of course, I thought it was going to be Watson. I think everybody thought it was going to be Watson. I assume, but which is, a, by the way, again, why maybe it's the right pick. Like we all thought that Watson was the top, and I said this at the time about Trubisky, where I work. Like I watched every game Deshaun Watson plays played. I legitimately think that I have a scout's knowledge of Deshaun Watson. Watched every single game because my wife was a Clemson, as everybody knows, went to the title game, the whole thing. But I watched exactly zero fucking snaps of Mitch Trubisky mm-hmm. and like twenty snaps of Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like when they were in college. So I am totally open to the idea that I'm just wrong. And the reason that Deshaun Watson is the guy we all know is because he was playing in the biggest games at Clemson against Ohio State and Florida State and Louisville and everything that he did. But you've since studied up on film of Patrick Mahomes, right? Of course. That's why we've had you on because because yeah. I'm a huge expert. I've watched every snap okay. and broke down the film. Good. No, but I mean, I obviously once your team takes a guy, like I've seen video of Mahomes and I've seen a lot more video of Trubisky than I have of Mahomes. But I'm still not a scout on it, and I just. I think it's interesting. You're like, like skipping over uh, Mike Lennon here, but yeah, yeah we're skipping over. But that's <laughs> it's it's different, different, a bit. D- different story. I, I, sorry, Ryan. I think I cut you off, but it's uh, that's why I, I, I find it. I find it very interesting, right? The like the media and fan consensus was that Watson was the guy that everybody kind of wanted, and then he was not only not taken as the first quarterback, he was taken as the third quarterback. And I also find it like justifiable for the Bears, and the Bears got killed for it, that Jacksonville didn't trade their pick. You know, the teams at five, six, seven, no one traded up with those teams. Like, the call stopped coming after Mitch Trubisky went off the board. And I think it's very, very, very plausible to likely that Mitch Trubisky was the top general manager consensus quarterback, right? No way. Cause it seemed that way, right? Going in, yeah. And 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 so I, you know, I thought it was going to, to answer your question. I thought it was going to be Watson, but the fact that it's Mahomes, it's like fuck. That's bold. And you could argue he has more upside. He's got a bigger arm. Very bold. Like if you have the big arm guy who ends up being great, you have Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of funny. I've been on this podcast for fucking four or five years now, and all I've done is bitch about the Chiefs not going all in. And now they're making these bold moves like Mahomes and Fire and Dorsey, and now I'm like, ah, man. You didn't like the Mahomes pick? Kind of. Ha- no, I love the Mahomes pick. Okay, he of loves course. It. No, but I would have taken Watson. I would have taken Watson. He's saying, Even after watching Mahomes? Yeah. Uh, all the video you've seen of Mahomes yeah, yeah. since? Okay. He's, he said that you know Watson was safer, technically, which seems adverse to what we've been hoping for in getting a right? quarterback. But, like, it does seem adverse. Uh, uh, but if you get that guy on a rookie deal... Say if you had Alex Smith on a rookie deal, or Russell I'd be Wilson. happy with that. Or Ru- like a really a little bit more aggressive Alex Smith. Yeah, Russell Wilson. There. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You a good quarterback on a rookie deal, and I think it's very it's way more likely that Sean Watson is good than Patrick Mahomes is good. 
You're making you're likely. making an economic argument. You're not making a like star power talent. You're not making a ceiling argument. I guess so. Right. Yeah, and I think it's more likely that, or maybe not more likely, maybe equally as likely in my opinion that Watson and Mahomes are going to be great. See what I'm saying? Way more likely that Sean is good than Mahomes, but equally as likely great. Or I think most people would probably say more likely that Mahomes is great. I think most people would say that Mahomes is great is better than Deshaun. Like, that the higher ceiling is with Mahomes and the much higher floor is with Watson. Correct. Which is why Watson is going to be the only of the three that starts his rookie year. Right? Well, I think really the greatest thing about the whole situation is that not only do we get to see, but we're going to get to see in what appear to be two talented and at least for the most part competent organizations. Like, Between Mahomes and Watson, yeah, yeah fuck, they got yeah, they fuck got the Bears. You know, they got they got <laughs> picked. You know, back to back. Well, yeah, we're kind of talking up. about two teams that are already like a budding rivalry. Sort of, yeah, it's, and then they're and they're sort of like it's not quite perennial, but like these are two contending teams already. Good teams, good franchises, good defense. DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey, like good good, good weapons for their quarterback. We meet every yeah. season. It's good coaches. Right. Yeah, meet every season. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be compared for the rest of their careers. No, no. I mean, and, and Trubisky will be too. Like, but it'll it. What, what's funny? What's what's cool about the situation? I think is also that Trubisky, like you said, seems to me like we agreed is was the consensus top GM quarterback, right? So he's the most talented of the three in the eyes of the guys who do it professionally. So we get to but, see if we're smarter than GMs, is what you're saying? No, we get to see about how much organizations matter. Uh, like if Deshaun Watson is the most successful but the least talented according to the the, the league, right? He was drafted 12th, Mahomes is 10th, yeah. Trubisky is 2nd. Um, but the Bears are clearly the worst of those three organizations, and you could argue that the Chiefs are better than the Texans by the slimmest of margins. And Watson has the best career because he was drafted into the best situation. It'll be a good case study for talent versus environment. And the, the player in the NFL, even at quarterback, has the smallest impact, right? Because there's 22 starters on the field, right? So there, if you're in the NBA and you have LeBron James, you're going to the finals, whatever team you're on, right? You could be Aaron Rodgers and you only have one Super Bowl, and you're the best player in the NFL. Because Mike McCarthy and the Packers and the organization is not as strong. That's why football is the ultimate team game. That the individual with baseball, right, they make the least impact. Yeah. Right? In the sport, that's a consensus. If you're comparing star NBA player to quarterback, yes. Yeah, star NBA player. Not right. like small forward to quarterback. No, no, no. no. I'm not like, like max contract. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. I'm talking about I'm star you. impact player makes more of an impact in the NBA. And, yes, yes. And in, in football, you can be a great, talented quarterback and be on a bad team because it's a team game. If like the Colts are completely incompetent around Andrew Luck, he will not be a success even if he ends up being a great talent. in college. Right, absolutely. So I think it, what was also great about it is not only that the Texans and the Chiefs are close for Watson and Mahomes, but that all three of them, when factored in, it'll be a good argument for best situation versus best talent. Like, right, if, if Watson would have gone to the Bears at three and Trubisky would have gone to the Chiefs at 12, how different would it have played out? I think that's interesting. Do you got... A read on Mahomes at all? You got a I same as everyone else. Like, man, he could be great. 
Uh, yeah, I think worried about the offense is coming from. Worried about him learning the playbook. All of, I mean, worried about learning the playbook. Like it's almost I, hard to, to hear a different Patrick Mahomes opinion right now because yeah. everyone in Kansas City is, well, at least we were so amped up about finally drafting a quarterback. And one with a high ceiling. And it's just like there's, I mean, we're all watching the same Mahomes tape, and it's we're all seeing the same things pretty much. It's like man, right? It's uh, it's totally wait and see. Here's the thing. Quarterback's boomer bust, man. Like it's, he could be great. He very clearly has the athletic talent and arm talent to play at that level and make every throw. And then you have Andy Reid, and then you have a receiver who he can't overthrow, in Tyreek Hill, and you have a tight end who's one of the three or four most talented at his position in the entire sport. So he is in. A great situation. And you have the ability to sit for an entire year. And you have the ability to sit for an entire year behind With the new No team. expectation. No, right. one, no one's expecting you to play this year. Just sit and learn. That's yeah, it. right. That's it. Sit and learn. It is as good of a situation as you can possibly have mm-hmm. for a franchise quarterback on a rookie deal. So, you know... If you are a Chief fan and you're not excited about Patrick Mahomes, even with the Dorsey stuff, you're insane. There's not a single one. That it, it, should, it shouldn't exist. But the Dorsey thing would absolutely give me... I would at least... like I would have said 100% all in. Like if I was still hosting in Kansas City. 100% all in for me on Patrick Mahomes because they fucking said so. But now you have to at least wonder... Because it was so bold. Because it was so unexpected. Because it was him over Watson. Because... Mahomes reminds you more of Rodgers, where Dorsey was in Green Bay, and Watson reminds you more of Smith, who Reed supposedly loved both when he was with San Francisco and here. I, you would, to me, it would be intellectually dishonest to not at least wonder if the biggest advocate for Patrick Mahomes is now your ex-general manager. And that would worry me. If Andy Reid's the guy who just got the five-year contract. That plays into my take a lot, because I was like, I wanted Watson over Mahomes, but... I was like, I trust Andy Reid over my own thoughts. So I, I trust Andy Reid's opinion over mine. But now I can just be like, well, Andy Reid clearly wanted Deshaun Watson, just like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm in another situation here. Yeah, 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 true. You get to play the results, which is the, the best thing about it. So this podcast is going to be great for the next 10 years. Yeah, this, this one will stand the test of time. <laughs> what do you most wish you would have been in Kansas City to cover? The... Drafting of Mahomes or the firing of John Dorsey? What would have been like more fun for you to be able to get on the air and talk about? Oh, yeah, the the drafting of Mahomes because I would have been so gung ho on Watson, uh, right? Like nobody saw nobody saw Dorsey coming. Would you have gone on and trashed it? Drafting Mahomes? Yeah. Would you have taken it that far? Uh, probably. <laughs> um. I would have, like, but I, I think I would have done. Honest here. I, I think I would have done it with the self awareness of knowing that, like, I only really scouted one of the two. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that I would have like constantly preface it with that. And you have yeah, a very yeah. clearly admitted bias of anybody that listened to your show knows like your love of Deshaun Watson. He, well, so. he was, and you never thought it was possible. I mean, and I ne- and I never thought your take the whole time was like, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to be gone. The GMs are going to come to their senses, and he'll be like the first quarterback taken. I mean, he wasn't that, but yeah, yeah, but that he would be unattainable for them where they were going to be, and I didn't think that they would trade up. Had it in him to trade up. Um, 
so I would have been exactly like you. Hell, we might have been watching the draft together. And like when they announced that the Chiefs were on the clock, you know what I mean? I would have been like, holy shit, they're going to do it. And if the Chiefs would have drafted Deshaun Watson, the rating for our show the next day would have been fucking record setting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was talking about him since he came in against Georgia his freshman year. Like we were in Mexico watching the game together. Like 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like. <laughs> told you, fact checking. Yeah. yeah Dynamite drop in, yeah. Steph. I went to Clemson. Yeah, yeah. They know. They know. <laughs> uh, stack girl over here. Steph, how pissed are you that we didn't take Deshaun Watson? So I was hoping the Bears were going to take him because we're in Chicago. Oh, so you Traitor! Well, I mean, I I don't care about the Chiefs or the oh. Bears. I, I care about Clemson. So she just wanted to be able to watch every Deshaun game, and I didn't blame her. And so I was like, I think that the Bears might do the same thing too. So I was talking about Deshaun Watson in Chicago, like yeah. I was talking about him in Kansas City, saying full well, like. I haven't scouted those guys like this. I'm not a scout, but just I happen to because of trust my, me, guys. My life, like mm-hmm. I've trust seen me people who don't know me, and I just can't see. Like Deshaun Watson is smart, mobile, accurate, clutch. Clutch has played his best games in the biggest games against the best defenses. He's beaten Ohio State, Florida State, Michigan State, Louisville, Alabama, Oklahoma. Put up a 500-yard game against Alabama in the time that he lost, and it wasn't on him that they lost. Like he has taken on the best in college football in the last two years and kicked the ever-loving shit out of him for a much bigger sample size than any of these other two guys. And so it, I do think it is a little bit of like these guys being too smart. Like I still believe that Deshaun will be the best of the three, and I still think that it was fucking obvious when you were watching him. Because I have now obviously gone back as the Bears drafted fucking Mitch Trubisky and the Chiefs have drafted Mahomes. Like, it could not have worked out better for me to have knowledge of these top three quarterbacks, right? Like, the Chiefs, who I care about, drafted Mahomes. The Bears, who I now cover and care about, drafted Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. So, every yeah, game. Yeah, a piece of all three. Yeah, so, I have a piece of all three. So, like, I hopefully still... it's like the 83 class then. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. Hopefully, they, hopefully we're all right. Um, yeah. But... So, so to me, the, and, and quarterbacks are more interesting than GM in my job, right? Yeah. Like, if you're a hardcore football dork, like all three of us are, you know cognitively that the GM is as significant as anything in sports. But, like, the, the, the better radio topic is, holy shit, the Chiefs dra- traded up and drafted a quarterback. For sure. Right? Like, feels lost. No, no, no. Like, that, that, right. should, that should not be lost. I know it shouldn't be, but that is it a feels bigger, like it. Because like we haven't right seen him. now. You you see, we've drafted him, and, now and you might not see him for a while. Well, you we see oh, him. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see him in August. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna see him. Oh, I'm more pumped for preseason games than regular season games. Yeah, <laughs> it's honestly, like the NBA. I, I think, man, I'm not I'm not trying to to protest a little too much here. I think that any intelligent fan is probably more interested in watching Patrick Mahomes in the preseason than watching this team in the regular season because we are not going to win the Super Bowl, period. Like, this year to me is Alex is a caretaker for the offense, and, like, we have a couple veteran guys, but, like, for the most part, all they're doing is getting ready for the quarterback to take over next year. This year is so unimportant other than trying to continue to develop talent and not have any catastrophic horrible, injuries. Yeah, injuries. I'm not ready to pun on it like that. I, I would be just kind either. of a role reversal from us. Oh, I'm uh, like, but we're still gonna be good. We're still gonna have a puncher's chance. Like, if you make the playoffs, yeah, you got a chance. 
And yeah, and you will be than, into those playoff games. Well, I guess actually, and and fuck, Alex Smith could sprain. I mean, if, if Patrick Mahomes is good in preseason and Alex Smith sprains his fucking ankle, and Patrick Mahomes plays, it is th- that's the other thing you mentioned, Mike Lennon earlier. Yeah, it is a, here we go. It is a it is a <laughs> low point of entry. Wait. To be better than Mike Glennon or Alex Smith. I'm sorry. Like, and I know I just topped you, yeah, flipped that on you. You didn't think I was going there. No, I can't even figure out what you said. Uh, <laughs> I all, think you dissed on Glennon. I dissed on Glennon and Alex <laughs> you can get Smith. Get the fuck out of here. If, if. You don't have a Glennon jersey yet? No, I don't have a Glennon jersey yet, but I totally parroted all your Glennon takes from four years ago. Oh, yeah? When the Bears got him. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, parroted. Par- <laughs> I think it's a parody. No, no. Parody, gotcha. You are the parody of your own takes. I parody them. Um, That's accurate. Yeah, I... Jesus. Um, It is totally possible that the Chiefs start 2-2 and and people are talking about Mahomes. And it is equally possible that Mahomes picks up 70% of the playbook, which is enough because he's more talented and has a bigger arm. And people are like, why the fuck does Tyreek Hill have zero touchdowns in the first three games? Because now Macklin's gone and he's being treated like a number one wide receiver. Let's get the big-armed quarterback in here. And it becomes a fucking thing. Because Denver's good and Oakland's good and the Chiefs are behind the eight ball. And well, you, guys, you guys are calling for Mahomes early because he looked good in preseason. So I would not write off the regular season yet. because Are, it, are you going there? Would you do it after four games or so? Or... Uh, what's it, your what's your threshold? I'm not I'm not a fucking coach. I need to see how he's doing. Well, you're a radio guy. I, yeah, yeah. I have opinions <laughs> on everything, and I know everything. Yeah, yeah. But you need to see him in. You need to see everything. You need to see how he does in practice, how he does in the film room, how he does the preseason games. How's he doing? And if the gap between Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes is thirty percent, you obviously play Alex Smith. If it's ten percent. You obviously pay, play Patrick Mahomes, and you take the development early to hopefully speed him up so that he can pass Alex be Smith. Like be, be ready earlier, exactly. Because, like you said, the value is in the contract. So, well, the value in having a good quarterback on a rookie contract is that he's good. So he's got a, you know, I obviously think that. Deshaun plays the most games, and then it is entirely possible for both teams that Trubisky and Mahomes sit out the entire season. That's what the organizations want and what they're saying and all of that. But don't kid yourself. They would both be thrilled if one of the quarterbacks they drafted thoroughly outplayed four-year veteran Mike Glennon or whatever the fuck year veteran Alex Smith. The organizations would be thrilled. So the idea that it's not possible that they play is ludicrous. I also just remembered, and thanks for trying to talk me off the ledge, but you guys forgot the most important factor. And it's that Tom Brady's on the cover of Madden. Yeah. Yeah, dude, so, he blows out his ACL week, off the ledge. week six. <laughs> if, and if, he taunted he, it. If, if Tom Brady goes down, taunted it. I will... Dude, what if, what if Justin Houston has another 20-sack season, and he's like healthy the full year, and you have Peters and fucking Barry and Chris Jones and Houston? Yeah, we'll be there. I, I was looking at Justin Houston's contract... He's worth thir- he's worth thirteen <laughs> percent of our cap this year. Man, he better be really good. <laughs> he's tw- it's like twenty three million dollars <laughs> is what he counts against the cap this year. Danny, uh, only a few more questions. Um, Let's I do rapid to fire. Ask, 
Alex Smith. What are the chances we see a different Alex Smith this year, knowing that this is his last season with the Chiefs? I'll be shocked. Really? What, what do you think he's going to do? We've I think kinda, he's going to be way more. Kind of thought that he's just like, screw it. I'm. I'm. I'm I think. Sh- I think we will see a, a way different Alex Smith this year. Really? Yeah. That's that's going to be my one of my strong takes going into 2017. <laughs> is that he sees the writing on the wall? Like, I mean, is getting he- out of his contract is up next year. Like, that's a very likely chance. I think he's got this good team. He's probably going to go to a worse team next year. Like, this is my one chance. Is he going to stay in his shell and be like, like I'm going to protect my job? Like, there's no job to protect. You're already gone. We've already we've already got the end. He here. thinks that it's the best way to win. Mm, does he? I think so. What if he thinks it's the best way to keep his job? I mean, he. he I'm not saying he, he had he had a contract that guaranteed him his job for all intents and purposes the last couple of years. He had all the job security in the world to be bold. And the best way to get his next job is to be good and continue to win games. If Alex Smith goes into a contract year having 19 interceptions, he goes to a worse team with a less contract. He's auditioning not only for this team next year, but also for his next job. Like, I... Well, why? Why? I think he's going to cut loose a little bit, I, personally. I mean, like, I the, mean the, the team itself is set up for him, too, in that... The two best players are clearly Tyreek Hill and Kelsey, and both of them are downfield, stretch the field guys. So, like, naturally there. But so, what do you guys think Alex Smith's stats are going to be next year? Do you think he's going to have a four thousand yard season? I'm not saying it's going to be for the better. I'm okay. not saying it totally it definitely. Works so, you out. think he has fifteen plus interceptions? I'm saying his interceptions go up, his touchdowns go up, his yards go up. Which is what we've all been calling for. Yeah, take I more chances. Like been I think we might get to see our scenario play out a little bit. Yeah. Like, let's see how the team looks with Alex Smith, and it might be the exact same because the touchdowns and interceptions will even out over the whole season. But I think we see a different Alex Smith. I don't know if Andy Reid will allow it, and I think Andy Reid just asserted more control, not less. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope you're right. It'll make the season more interesting. Way more interesting. I will be surprised. I think that Alex Smith thinks that he has his job because he's Alex Smith. And mm-hmm. Alex Smith has made a fucking $100 million because he's Alex Smith. Guys like that don't change yeah, up. Nah, he's not short on money, that's for sure. No, but those, those guys don't change up. Like, he doesn't think that he's a failure. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like, he thinks that they fucked up by giving Kaepernick the job. He thinks that he thinks they would have won that Super Bowl in San Francisco if they would have stayed with Alex Smith. So, Alex Smith is not... He's a lot of things, but he does not have like a lack of confidence in his own understanding. He thinks that he's, I mean, I shouldn't put words in his mouth, but <laughs> but but Tom Brady is not a tremendous risk Are you going to say he thinks he's Tom Brady? No, but I think that he thinks that he plays a brand of football like Tom Brady. that is like Tom I'm Brady. A, a poor and, man's Tom Brady, damn it. Yes. He's looking in the mirror saying that to himself? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that that is, I, I would, I'd love to bet that with you. <laughs> like I, I, I do not like that, that. We have a noticeable. I mean, all we gotta do is bug Alex Smith's house. I don't see what you're gonna do. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no, 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 not that part. Uh, uh, the the statistics of the football season. Oh, like yeah, like we, like, we like, like a noticeably more aggressive Alex Smith this year. I will be surprised. We can bet that. All right, we'll figure out something. Have your uh, have your listeners figured out that your source with the team is Jay Howard yet? <laughs> no, I haven't <laughs> talked to Jay yet. I'm looking forward to, but no. Uh, I have not had a lot of uh, sourced reporting. 
on, on the on the Bears. But I look forward to talking to Jay Howard. <laughs> Jay's a good dude. I mean, he won't. He, he might recognize me by face from playing pick a player. Mm. But uh, <laughs> but that's about that's about the extent of of my relationship with Jay. Did you talk to Carrington before stealing that game? Carrington is a liar on Twitter, and he knows it. And I, <laughs> I and, saw, and him I have, like, and I have the text messages <laughs> to prove it. Um, post them. I have the text messages to prove it. We'll post the text along with this podcast. So Carrington, Carrington's a goddamn liar. So, and I'm not afraid to say it. Carrington and I obviously had a lot of conversations about me leaving and the end of the, the show, and you know what I mean. I knew that it affected Carrington and Heisler, and like. You know, it's their job, right? And so, um, but it was discussed that, like, what I, like, things that I would want to bring to Chicago. And we did it together. Like, the pop quiz was something that we created together. Like, he had the idea of doing something with movie quotes, and I named it the pop quiz because I loved the line from Speed that was in the open. I'm like, pop quiz, hot shot. Like I, oh, that's what it's from. Yeah, yeah. So like, I loved, I loved. Like, you, could, you didn't know that. Like, know. like pop. Like it was, I, and we thought it was great. Like the pop culture quiz, so it could evolve. But there's like pop quiz. Like it was, you know, spread. So like, we developed. We were at the Royals game together when the the Royals played the audience versus the player. Like they called it something else, but like, oh yeah, yeah. So like that was that's something that we should do that. Yeah, we were like we should do. We were at the game together. So like. Pick a player was not proprietary to Carrington, which is what he's making it seem like on Twitter. <laughs> nor was it proprietary to the drive. It was proprietary to us. So just like everyone steals from Laszlo, because he's a fucking he's like the only one of us who's an actual genius. Like, uh, like, like, like we all just kind of hey. think we are. Uh, Nick stole from Laszlo. I've stolen from Laszlo. Like we, all, you know, uh, Carrington does not. It's not open. now. I'm not going to do like cooking and dining with Danny, like like, <laughs> nice. like, like, like like his like his cooking with Carrington Facebook show. Oh, did you just come up with that? I just came up with that on the fly. Uh, yeah. These beers are really good, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know because that that is like right, it's the beers that is in, that is intellectually his. Yeah. But the idea that um, fucking pick a player is his <laughs> is ludicrous. All right, final question goes to Steph. Steph, how bad was Danny at pool volleyball yesterday? I feel like he was bad at the beginning, but he did fine like later on in the day, right? I was rusty. I was a little rusty. Just a couple meltdowns from Danny. Yeah, no, he has a meltdown all the time. Uh, so every time he does bad, maybe he, I'm just not used to it. Yeah, I, a couple times I thought he had a heart attack. Yeah, no, he screams oh, man, and yells. Okay. And <laughs> I think it's seriously, Dirk. I scream. I get mad at myself. I'm my own harshest critic, and then I make other people in the pool uncomfortable because I curse a lot with everybody. They're like, wow, he's taking this seriously. I'm like, oh. Yeah, fucking right, I'm taking this. See, seriously. I was—I thought it was awkward because people weren't taking it seriously enough. Yeah, well, see, so you were on my side. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, you and I were more lockstep. Uh, but yeah, pool volleyball. We had a good camaraderie too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was great. Uh, but I was—I was rusty. I finished the day uh, three and four in my seven games. Three and four record. Oh, lost the seven game series. Lost the seven game series, but I. I played into the sun more than away from. That's the even sun. after the last two we, that we won. Yeah. Oh. oh wait, so dude, I don't remember. I was pretty fucked up. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It happens. It was a good time though. But uh, you guys are great. Thank you for having me on. My, Thank it's you. my favorite Chiefs podcast. Oh yeah. Well, there's been new ones sprouting up all over the place. Have it copying? Copying? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, what do they call themselves? Professional hour. No way. And all I do is, is parody us. All right. So, so well, there's, I believed him. Yeah, you, 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 you believed him. <laughs> Got her! Yeah, so there's the imita- imitation podcasts out there. Fuck those guys. That's what I always say. Confirmed. Faking it till they're making it. Imitation, highest form of flattering. But thank you guys for having me on. Of course. I mean, yesterday we also got to see... Ryan, you weren't there. Oh, this is my song. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, Actually, Steph can chug a beer. Yeah. Steph can chug a beer. I can chug a beer faster than any guy I've ever gone up against. Or woman, So. Or woman. Yeah, yeah. Any person. So Danny plays this game where when he finds a guy that he thinks is vulnerable to... I'm a big dude, I'm loud, and I... <laughs> I think I can chug beer faster than my small wife. So he makes bets. So he was like, oh, I'll bet you anywhere from 20 to $200, Steph can chug a beer faster than you. And <laughs> anywhere from 20 to 200 Yeah. So he, yeah, and he took I it remember you saying that, and I didn't know I was so Yeah, lost. where we were, we were going with that. We're being, it's being set up for like 15 minutes. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I was just trying to hustle this this dude at the pool, and, and, and then he took me up for 20 bucks, and Steph destroyed him. Destroyed him. Destroyed him. Yeah. I've never hmm. lost. Man, she's undefeated for her career. It's a great party trick. I don't like I don't want to bet, but I'm now like really intrigued and at some point need to chug a beer. When when I was in college, I every guy I would meet or like would hear about this talent that I have would come up to me at bars, parties, whatever, be like, Bet I can chug a beer faster than you and I'd be like I don't want to chug a beer right now. I never drink beer. I only drink white wine. Yeah, the problem so, is she's got a blessing that's a curse because she hates it. I don't yeah, 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 yeah. So I would get so annoyed in college, and yeah. And then she pukes significantly today. So it I was, was suggesting other drinks, you know, wine, milk, milk. <laughs> but that's what everyone you do. A milk, milk I chugging contest. That. I was like, why would I chug milk? You didn't seem too keen. No, no. I'm lactose intolerant. Water, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. water chugging Sword contest kind of, right now. Kind of sounds like barley intolerant too. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah that'd be, that'd she just can't drink anything but wine. Yeah, she's that's great it. at drinking wine. That's the only thing she drinks. But no one ever sees it coming. It's a hell of a party trick. Hmm. Alright. But yeah, Ryan, feel free to step up. Anywhere from two to two hundred dollars. Or yeah. twenty to no, two hundred dollars. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Milk chugging contest <laughs> on air. You guys are great. You guys are great. Thanks, thanks for thanks for coming, Dan. I mean you guys just came straight from a rehearsal dinner yeah, all dressed up to Super nice an amateur podcast. It's late. It's past midnight right now. It is. Is it really? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steph goes, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> well, Jesus. We could go for a while, but, you know, we had important Alex Smith questions to get to. Oh, dude, I, I miss talking about the Chiefs. Well, we miss hearing you talk about the Chiefs, Danny. But, um, cool. This has been Amateur Hour. That's Danny Parkins, Ryan Scott Hall, his circus, Stephanie Parkins. That's yeah. right. Stephanie Parkins. Yeah. How about that? She's been on my phone with Stephanie Parkins for... Well over a year. Yeah, yeah, well yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm jumping the gun on this. Yeah, yeah, you were you were out of the curve. <laughs> You're very progressive with the Stephanie Parker call. <laughs> See you guys. Hey, I really enjoyed that. Congratulations, honey. You were great. <laughs>